Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. Matty D and I break down the college football playoff national championship, then look ahead to next year, both the NFL draft in the spring and then next fall's college football season. We then break down this weekend's NFL divisional playoff round, including our birds' crucial matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. We wrap things up talking Flyers hockey as they've hit the midway mark in the NHL. For all of the different times when we talk about that, check out the timestamps in the description. But as always, please like and share the podcast. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports are the handles on both Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to follow along as Matty D will be adventuring out west. Hopefully we can get him to post some stuff there. Thunderblogsports.com, of course, is our website. Be sure to check out all of our great blog content there. And, of course, enjoy this week's episode. Thanks again. And we are live. Welcome to this week's podcast, the Fun V Tailgate Divisional Round, presented by Thunderblog Sports, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast Network, I guess is the right word. Sure. I, of course, am the G-Man. With me, as always, Matty D. What's up, buddy? Uh, it's kind of like sad because football is technically coming to an end soon, but it's also amazing because it's the best time of year for some of the best games we've seen. And Ramping I mean, up. I expect this weekend to be just as great, um, but it's it's also kind of single tear comes to my eye when college football ends, as amazing as Monday was. Um, oh my god! And incredible! And, and most of the and the Oklahoma Georgia game was, and some of these great bowl games. Small tear drips down my face knowing that some of these guys will never play college ball again. Sad, but it's I know, it is a little sad. But I mean, I'll just jump right into it. Monday night, I was planning Monday on. Night. I was thinking, you know what, it's probably going to be a decent game, but I, I was trying to get to bed early, trying to be a good guy, and I had to stay up all night. I couldn't miss a moment, and it was incredible. You couldn't. No, you absolutely couldn't. I thought it was going to be a little more straightforward than an overtime no cover. we got to remind, remind that it was Bama plus four, and they did not co- – or Bama minus four. They did not cover. It was close with the Shankopotamus on, uh, at the very end. Jesus. Uh, very reminiscent of – a Jordy Cannell drive. I know that joke's <laughs> been used a lot this week, but recycle well, it one more time. It would have been covered if they had to kick a field goal in overtime, right? Um, they won by three up because they goal. didn't have to kick the extra point. The extra point. Yeah, if they had gone first and kicked the extra point, right? In theory, they would have either won by seven. I mean, they would have won by seven because Georgia wouldn't have kicked a field goal. Um, Georgia would have well, gone I'm, for I'm it. Referring to like the final play, right? Yeah, I, yeah, guess, they, oh, I see what you're saying. They would have right. pushed. Yeah, it's like the Eagles not going for it against the Raiders. Right, right. Gotcha, and not gotcha. presenting the cover. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole game itself. We're jumping to the very end. You know the score by now. It's th- it's Wednesday night. Um, game happened two nights ago, but Bama wins in a thriller. I mean, and kind of how, kind of the the opposite way of how we would have thought it would have gone. Both in the fact that Georgia led really up until. What was it four minutes were left 
that Bama takes up, Bama ties it up on a play that I was happy that I saw uh, a Sports Illustrated article about it because I turned to Emily thinking that the wide receiver might have gone offside, but it was too close to really call that in that type of moment. Right. Um, well, I got to tell you, I've noticed a trend both in college and the pros where, particularly with shotgun snaps, I've seen a lot of tackles and receivers and running backs. Tackles do it all the time. Right. They're they always jump, they're, they're basically guessing the snap count, and it happens so fast that I understand. Sometimes you it's know? egregious. Right, right. I also saw – the other thing I noticed with Georgia in particular in this game – the running backs in the shotgun tended to start leaning forward like before the snap of the ball. And yeah. I'm not – by the way, I'm not saying that should be a penalty. By the definition of the law, it is. Um, but I, I, it was irrelevant to the play in this case. This, yeah. this it was. A, oh, yeah. I think it was a running back, Najee Harris, who's probably going to be a Heisman Trophy winner. He's only a freshman. He was – in his small small amount of time last night uh, on Monday, I thought he was fantastic. Very explosive, sudden back – um, but I, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, uh, I don't, I don't think it should have been called. It was so close, you no, know, no, 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 a little early, but I'm burying the lead too, though, that Tua, Tua, uh, how you pronounce his name? And I cannot pronounce his last name. Yeah. Comes in in relief mm-hmm. for Jalen Hurts, who looked terrible. He did. Our boy, maybe the new, the college football flying Hawaiian. <laughs> maybe we can start that. <laughs> Comes in. And takes this game over, leads Bama back. I mean, you kind of knew it. And I, I was tweeting out in our, on our account for the Thunder blog, Thunder BLG, if you don't follow it, um, you know, that Georgia really needed to get a touchdown because, you know, Nick, Nick Saban's the master of halftime adjustments. And you saw right. that in this game. Um, I mean, you saw an, an exaggerated version of it because he literally brought in, in a re- the, the relief arm. Um, but I mean, it it showed it, and it shows why he's won five titles in nine years. Nine years. You know how long that is, Matt? It's how long we've been friends. I, I know it's incredible. Yeah. That's just domination. Yeah. I, I, it's just it's just unreal. That kind of domination. Um, the one thing I will say that fourth down play. Watch it slowly. The pass. So Calvin uh, Calvin Ridley ends up catching the ball. He's coming from the right. He's going. He's running a crossing pattern. He wants him right away, but he's not open on the initial read. He's being sacked as the play. He's being he's, he's being chased out of the pocket, so he has a half a second to throw, and it looks like he just throws it up. Now, yep. you watch the play, and Calvin Ridley comes running, and he catches it, but if you watch the quarterback's head, he's not. his eyes can't physically see Calvin to the yep. right. It appears like he's actually throwing a jump ball to the, the running back, Najee Harris, Nope. And he throws it behind him in the back of the end zone. But Ridley's speed takes him right into the path of the ball. I watched it a couple times. Me and me and Papa D determined that I I would t- they're never going to tell you this, right? Nope. But I think he was going for the running back. You have to throw it up, and you can't take a sack on fourth down. So nope. you have to throw it up. And I I honestly think that he was trying to throw it to the running back, threw it up in the air, and Calvin Ridley, as a senior uh, junior receiver, would be number one receiving pros- prospect in the draft. Comes out of nowhere to pick that ball. To, to, to catch the ball for the touchdown. So a little bit of luck on that one for me. Also, I don't ever blame the refs. There were some missed calls you know, against Alabama that weren't called. The um, the, the punt block was, was a, looks like a false start. Definitely yeah. think that one was a false start. Yeah. Um, 
But once again, Georgia did the same thing that Oklahoma did the game before. The second half, they got conservative. They started handing the ball off, the the, the wild dog. Um, Jake Fromm dominated. the exact same thing. Right. You Jake had a great quarterback first half. The, Right. And then let him throw. The let him throw the ball. He is really good at those intermediate level throws where he was able, because of their running ability, they kept running it so that linebackers were a half step up. He kept putting it right over the linebackers in on and perfect throws. And yet for some reason they just decided, hey, let's just run one right now. Look, they've got three, really, maybe even a fourth, all world running backs there. So I don't blame them. We're gonna talk about one in a second here. Um, but they were dominating the passing game early in that game. They were they were embarrassing a great Alabama defense, and then all of a sudden they stopped. They they got conservative. They stopped being aggressive, and guess what happens? Alabama comes out. Nick Saban goes, you know what, Jalen, twenty five and two as a starter. This 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 Hawaiian's going to come in. I'm just going to have him throw the ball all over the place. And guess what? He did, and it worked. I mean, it was a brilliant move by Saban. Ritz, risky, but brilliant. And nothing against Jalen Hurts. So I still think. You don't be. I don't care how good. I know the defense is legendary. So twenty-five and two is a starter. You have you're and the SEC Player of the Year last year as a true freshman. He clearly has some talent, um, but I also don't understand. It didn't seem like they opened the game plan for him. Then they bring the other kid in and they do. Uh, although, yep. what I also thought with Jalen Hurts is he was he's he's got that mentality of as soon as the pocket breaks down, he's just going to scramble. Where yep. instead he needs to be doing what. Is it is it Tua? Is that his first name? I'm not even going to try the last. Yeah, Tua. 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 As soon as the pocket broke down, started to scramble and look for the pass. Because as soon as you put your head down, all the everybody converges. If you keep your head up, everybody out there is is got to stay with their guy. So now all of a sudden, you have more room to run. Even so, you know maybe Hurts takes that as a learning lesson. Don't know if he transfers right away, but I think that's maybe an eventual possibility. I think Saban's pretty true to his word. The two of them will have a competition at summer in the summer. They'll both probably play early in the season, and then I'll decide on one, and it'll probably be Tua if he continues to grow like we saw. I mean, to be able to pass like that and to take the chances that he did, I mean, he looked off. The safety he looked off is tied for the the, the his career in interceptions at uh, Georgia. He's like a fifth or fourth-year safety. He looks that safety off like a professional and then zings the ball to the other side. It was it was incredible to watch his ability to throw. So, Are you talking about the last play? Yeah, the last play, the overtime. Are you talking play, about yeah. the last play? Yeah, yeah, he looks off. No. So I think it's Sanders. Well, it's crazy, too, because it's crazy, too, because the, the cornerback takes basically a step, and you can see it, too, especially once they finally started showing the replay – from right. the, the end zone angle, you see him take that step in and that's all he needed. Cause he takes the step in and a step left and boom, he's gone. He's right. He looked off the safety. So by the time the safety realizes shit, the ball's here. Yeah. That's the extra two steps he needed. And right. I gotta tell you, game. that game looked like a freshman on that play because yeah. everything that's happening on that play, there's one guy deep on his side. The other safety is over the top on everything else that's happening. All the other receivers are on the other side of the field. That's yeah. a really poor – I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to trash a guy who actually had a pretty good game, almost had that pick late in the back of the end zone. But you, you Sanders, you, you can't. You can't. Oh, you just can't do that. Yeah. Um, although, did they get yeah. lucky because Alabama's excellent kicker Absolutely. Well, I will say this. Watch the replay. He definitely slipped on the turf, but you know what? Yeah. While that that shows you why he missed, it doesn't excuse that. He's had plenty of time to adjust to the turf. 
can't flip there. Blankenship nailed a 51-yarder. Right, right. Yeah, Yeah. I mean. And Papa Papanostis or Papanustis or whatever his name is, he's got. That's that's like soul-crushing kind of miss. That's the kind of miss that means in five years from now you don't make it to the – he probably has an NFL leg. He probably – that's the kind of thing that travels with you and like that. that's a Blair Walsh move right there. You, you can't. That's you like can't the end of. Here's a throwback name for you, Mike Vanderjack. Remember when he started yes. doing that in the NFL? And then he missed yeah. that one field goal that was really important. He never was the same guy. It's all because yeah. he never was the same when he was at the Cowboys. Right. He missed like a twenty yarder, and he was done. There's some exceptions. So like Justin Tucker has what? an elite leg, um, and then you know like Mike, um, uh, who's the guy? Like Matt Sebastian, Prater, Sebastian Janikowski, Matt Prater. They have elite yeah. legs, but it's. Like Steven Goskowski, the Patriots, he doesn't have an elite leg. Nothing is a bad leg, but he doesn't have the greatest leg of all time. It's all mental. Um, yeah. Vinatieri, it's all it's all a mental game for kickers because it's just muscle memory. And can they do that at the biggest stage? And they didn't do he did, but you know what? Alabama won. And about 24 players in that field, I would say 22 players in that field are all going to the NFL this year, both sides. I mean, it was it was loaded. It's yep. crazy. How many guys in that game and how many true freshmen were playing in that game that will be drafted in the first round in a year or two from now? So, I mean, Jake Fromm, to me, he's got to be the 2020 first round, first overall pick right now. That's how good he looked. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah. Now, no, yeah, I mean, he missed a couple throws in the second half. Don't get me wrong, but I thought that was more scheme than anything. He, he, he looks like the real deal the whole way. Yeah, I mean, he has all year, and it was that that was the question as soon as he came in, whatever you know, week three or whatever it was. Um, but I mean, he stepped it up. He stepped up huge no, in the in the week one. football playoff. Easton got was hurt. Week one. E- Easton got hurt on the third series of week one, and in case was it really? Yeah, got, rumor well, has it by the way. Name, that was his first start. Was that week two? Yeah, yeah week or three. It doesn't matter. We can go back to that. Well, the by the way, yeah. fun fact, Eason, apparently rumors he's transferring to the University of Washington. Oh. He's got a – he was he was like a Heisman candidate, like a, a draft pick kind of guy. He's a really good player. Yeah. He'll go there. He'll have to sit out next year. Jake Browning is back, the guy who was a Heisman hopeful a couple of year, two years ago. He's back for a senior season. So Chris Peterson will go from uh, Jake Browning to Eason. And so he's going to have another quarterback coming right in the wings. I think he's, I think Eason's a sophomore or a junior. So plenty of time there for him too. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see for the university of Washington, big win for them. Eason's from Washington. So it makes sense. Uh, now, of course nice. he, he denied it. Peterson denied it. Washington denied it because they can't say anything because it's illegal, but he's going there. It makes sense. I would want to play for is it. Tampering? What is, what is it? Just a recruiting yeah, violation? It's just a recruiting violation. You can't say anything. Yeah. You can't because essentially what would happen is, I mean, I get it because if, if that was the case, yeah. Saban would be going to all these talented kids who were backups and be like, Hey, come to Alabama. I'll give you a starting job. You know, like uh, a great idea. That's something I would do. So yeah, I know that the stats been thrown around there. The, the fact that no Alabama player that's been there for three years since 2000, I think it is, hasn't won a championship. <laughs> How crazy is that? It's 2018. That's, like, that's incredible. Freshman. Right. That, I mean, you know, we all right. know that. I understand. I mean, but yeah, that's, but that's unreal. And his team, well. He didn't become the Alabama head coach until 10 years ago. Right. Well. right. People forget one of his one of his, it must be Nick Saban players then because he was LSU for a little bit. Yeah, one one of his championships yeah. was at LSU. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think they come right in as the favorites next year. 
Um, yeah. They are losing some serious talent. We saw that um, uh, Deron Payne, their excellent defensive tackle, Calvin Ridley, the number one wide receiver prospect, Bo Scarborough, Minka Fitzpatrick is expected. Um, you know, they're losing a couple corners. Ever, a- a- Aver and Wallace are two starters. Deshaun Hand's gone. Um, but they're, Jalen Hurts and Tua are back. Damian Harris has announced he's coming back. Um, they're, they've got two young linebackers. I mean, they, they are coming back. They're, to me, they'll be the rank number one to start the year. No. Um, Pretty easy to, to think. Right. I, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be the same. Uh, it's going to be the same couple teams. Clemson will be up there. Ohio State, Oklahoma, uh, Georgia. Florida State. All, right. All back up. Why? Well, we'll see with Florida State because they've got a new coach. Um, I think the, the one team that's going to be ranked high coming into the season, if I had to guess, look for West Virginia. Yeah, I've seen that on a couple of them. I mean, right. Will they, Greer will be a back. A lot of players. They made some yeah. noise in the in the Big Twelve. Not really a ton, but right. Uh, but um, Will Greer, David David Sills will be back. Yeah, that's a team. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Auburn, Jared uh, Jared Stidham is back. He announced he's coming back. That's a huge yeah. return for them. Definitely a team to be eyeing and looking at. Um, yeah. That team's going to be pretty stinking good. Coming into next year, I think LSU no. really depends on um, how DeAndre Francois comes back from that brutal injury. Yeah, um, that's true. Will be, will be my, and by the way, I'll let you know. Don't count out Michigan, and here's why. Because the Ole Miss. Well, yeah, Shea Patterson. If he can get on campus and get eligible, oh my yeah. God, that's a huge. They don't. They're not having the that's same. That's the key, though. They don't have a quarterback without him. Right. Well, I mean, I, I I saw a little bit from Brandon Peters, but I don't love him. Um, and they they are losing Maurice Hurst at, at nose tackle. He's going to be a top pick. Mike McCray is their leader at linebacker. He's yeah. gone, but they're going to have some some seven offensive starters, eight defensive yeah. starters back. Definitely, well, a team, you know, they're you know they they could take over Penn State or Michigan State kind of team this year coming in. The, the defense isn't a concern. They returned one player this year and. Right, and they were fantastic. Right, with Doctor Sack. <laughs> right, defensive coordinator. But, so, I, yeah, but it's really the offense, and and so they're and I think um uh, uh, what's his name uh H- H- the running back Hingdon H- announced yeah. he'll be back. He was pretty yeah. good. So um, it's a big year. By the way, they play Notre Dame like week one or two. No, that's week one. It's, week I one. Think it's, that's a scary I think it's at game. Notre Dame too. That's a scary game for both of yeah. those coaches. Well, it's, it's I mean, it's great because they're bringing that back, which is something that kind of stunk about the Notre Dame semi-ball deal. Uh, for those that don't know, Notre Dame plays in the ACC for everything but football. Uh, part of their agreement of joining the ACC was that they have to play, I think it's five ACC opponents a season, and they can okay. still be an independent. Maybe it's six. Um, we'd have to fact check that, but... Um, because of that, they had to drop some of their their traditionally played rivalry games like Michigan, like Michigan State, mainly a lot of their Big Ten opponents. Um, they still play Stanford. They still play USC. Obviously, this year they had a big win against USC and then a loss to Stanford. They still play Navy. I think that's a fairly that's every year. Um, and then they incorporate other games through it to have a non-conference schedule. But it's fun to see the Michigan game come back because that was always a, a fun September game, kind of in the the pre top five week one or two matchups era that we've seen in the late BCS, early CFP era of college football. 
the Notre Dame Michigan game always was kind of that proxy. Um, there's also always also a random ACC game when conferences still were backloading their schedules and waiting until non-conference play ended the big 10 most notoriously being one of them. Um, it's exciting to see. I mean, it's certainly a good test for them kind of in, in you know, long story short, that is probably, I think it's going to be a lot of the same, but we'll see how it goes. Cause I mean, Wilton Spate doesn't get hurt this year. We're this close to having Michigan, you know, beat Michigan state. Yeah. And state cause Penn state throttled. Right. Them, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I think Wisconsin, let me, let me, though. Let me, Wisconsin, Wisconsin's still going to have a lot of guys schedule, back. but they're bringing everybody back, basically. Right. So, well, let we'll me see. lay it out for you. Week one of next year, I just pulled the schedule. So, Alabama, Louisville, but now that Lamar Jackson, maybe that loses a little bit. Um, Michigan, Notre Dame. Yep. How about this? How about this is a fun game? Opening weekend in Atlanta. Auburn versus Washington. Ooh. Ooh. That's a fast – I don't even know how they got that on the schedule. That's a great game. LSU-Miami in Arlington, Texas. I like that a lot. I like that more than Auburn-Washington. That's a very cool game. Yeah. Virginia Tech-Florida State. Virginia Tech will definitely be ranked. Florida State probably will. be really good next year. We didn't even mention them. Yeah. That's an interesting game there. Tennessee-West Virginia doesn't really – Lick my chops that much because I think Tennessee's going to struggle, but it's cool to see West Virginia. Yeah, UCLA now UCLA because of the Chip Kelly factor. They play Cincinnati, which is a terrible matchup, but it's a fun, you know, interesting. But how about your upset special week one? How about Florida Atlantic and um, uh, Lane Kiffin? Please tell me visiting. Alabama. It's Oklahoma, not Alabama, but <laughs> what's going to happen now? Uh, Kyler Murray is an excellent um, recruit from Texas A&M, transferred over, so we'll see, but. Could be that upset special week one because Lane the Lane train was rolling this year at Florida Atlantic. Now he's going to get more of his own guys. But I know you like LSU Miami. That's a great Southern game. I just I love when teams from from very far apart play. So to me, Auburn Washington is just interesting to me. The only um, thing that concerns me about that is that Washington really struggled week one this year at Rutgers. Now Rutgers okay. wasn't the shithole that they've been since they joined the big 10, they were still pretty bad. Um, but they weren't a complete pushover this year. They still got toppled, but (laughs) they struggled coming East week one. Um, granted, I mean, it's a bigger opponent to step up to, uh, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, LSU, Miami coach O versus Mark Richt. How can you not like some some good old Southern boys just battling at, at the good old college football game? Go Tigers! Go Go Tigers! It's gonna be fascinating. It's gonna be great. I yeah. can't wait. I mean, we have a lot of other sports between now and then. Yes. Um, we'll jump to the NFL in a second, but you mentioned a couple drafts draft picks. Um, we talked quarterbacks last week, but in the vein in, or not in the vein, in the essence of wide receivers coming out this uh, and Calvin Ridley, are there any other ones that we should be keeping an eye out on or expecting to hear news on? Well, I mean, I, the one guy I wanted to point out, I mean, and, and I'll jump to the wide receivers in, in a sec, but the one guy that I thought is, I mean, I, I'm Sonny Michelle of Georgia. If you watch yes. the game, yes. he spent a lot of time with Nick Chubb. Now, Nick Chubb's the second leading rusher all time in the SEC, so a very good player. But he doesn't have the suddenness of of Sonny Michelle that I thought 
I, I just, when I watched him run, I was just like, this is the guy that you want as, you know, as your, as your player. He just looked like the kind of guy that needs to be on an NFL football field, like, like right away kind of thing. Um, uh, so whew, I was pretty excited. I, I would love to see where he kind of ends up in the running back realm. I mean, obviously the big, good, big dog is Saquon Barkley, but no. Sonny Michelle is kind of that guy you can find in like the third, fourth, fifth round of an NFL draft that ends up being your starter in like a year. Um, I can see that. Yeah. So, so I definitely like, I, like I said, I had nothing against Saquon who I think is fantastic, but Sonny Michelle is the kind of guy that I would rather my team draft and, and use that high pick on somebody good. But, um, we talked a little bit. I mean, speaking of writers, we talked about Calvin Ridley a little bit. Yep. He projects to be the number one guy. Not a very big guy, but quickness, route running, like a, just an excellent wide, a do-it-all wide receiver um, that I would love to have on my team. Would make sense on like would make sense on like an Eagles yep. kind of thing. Definitely not a jump ball guy necessarily, but he's got all the other qualities you're looking for. Antonio Brown would be one of my guys. I think he matches up well with in terms of intelligence. Um, it's not a heavy wide receiver year this year. A yeah. couple guys kind of fell off the wagon. I think the one guy that a lot of people thought was going to be really good that took a half step back was Christian Kirk of uh, Texas okay. A&M, an absolute yeah. burner, but definitely didn't have the season that a lot of people expected of him. Um, James Washington was probably the best receiver in college football this year. Uh, don't know if it's a spread thing or not. So he's a little more running back-like, doesn't have that that sudden speed. So he's fast, but he needs time to build it up. Uh, he definitely needs to be in the right offense, I think, to to really have a shot. Um, one guy to really look out for, though, you might have seen him play, Deion Kane of, of, of Clemson, 6'2", big physical guy. He has a little bit of like a dropped it drops issue. So if you can fix that, I loved what I saw out of him in terms of his ability to cut in and out. So there's a guy that I think – could surprise people after he gets drafted. His his I mean, teammate Nelson figured it out. Right. His teammate Hunter Renfro, the one that caught the pass um to win the championship last year. Yeah. He looks like a Julian Edelman type that I think if you need a slot receiver to grab, but he'll be a later pick. Um so but really not as deep as we've seen the last few years, I don't think. Um, Is he later picked to the Patriots just because that's their MO? <laughs> right? That's what yeah. you'd probably think. Um, the one guy that's going to rise up draft boards they, is – Are they winning for lacrosse players? Well, probably. He might have played a little lacrosse. I'm not sure. Well, Hunter Renfro is also a baseball player. Maybe they're the same person. The other guy, Court, Cortland Sutton, 6'4", out of SMU. He might be the hell of a player. So there's another that's guy that a I good think, offense. Yeah. And, I mean, you're uh. – you're 6'4", you can jump probably, I would assume. I haven't seen a ton on him. I've never seen him play. But yeah. I've told uh, – what I've read about him, I mean, he's kind of that guy that you're going to see, like like a Josh Allen at quarterback. He's going to shoot up draft boards this year at that at that kind of size. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple other guys that will come out. But a lot of this is now going to come down to like they break down the film of how they do outside of just their system, and that's really where a lot of this comes into play. Yeah. So yeah. – like I said, I don't know if maybe you know what though. I say it's not as deep, and then you know, a, a couple a month or month or two from now, well, you know what? Actually, this this class is way better than we thought they were going to be. Yeah. So that's kind of my wide receiver breakdown. That's an early look at it. Um, well, we said that about the yeah. golf wins quarterback class, and look right, how that's turned right. out. 
Yeah, yeah. At first, everyone was like, "Golf's the worst quarterback ever." At first round, now he's no. he's he was in the playoffs this year. So no. definitely very, very, uh, very obvious there. Sometimes it takes players a couple years too. Um, yeah. But Calvin Ridley, he's day one step in. Well, we didn't even uh, mention this. We mentioned the touchdown catch, but he that was his first or second catch, and he, he hadn't, hadn't really had a lot. done anything up until then, and he took the game over like that. I mean, if you have that type of playmaking ability, like those type of intangibles, uh, right. you know, in this day or this age of, you know, advanced yeah. statistics and everything, those still matter, those types of abilities. Yeah. And I and, think about he's playing at Alabama. Think about it. Running yeah. quarterback, limited passing game. They don't spread it out as much. And he still had all uh, just under 900 yards receiving, which is for Alabama is pretty good. Think of, you know, you probably didn't know a lot about Julio Jones in college unless you watched Alabama. You know, he didn't, he wasn't the number one receiver. I mean, maybe, yeah, but Amari Cooper, did you know a ton about Amari Cooper when he was, we did because we watched football, but the casual fan isn't going to tell you who Amari Cooper was. And he's turned out, I know he did bad you this year, but to be a very great receiver. I think Calvin a little less physical than Amari, but same. You know what I think actually at the better, because Antonio Brown's just so elite. Uh, how about Emmanuel Sanders? So that mm. suddenness, great okay. hands, rapid, yeah. but a little – because Calvin's a little smaller. He's a little smaller of a frame. So maybe that would be – and I'm – by the way, I'm a huge Emmanuel Sanders fan. Now, he might be a free agent, in which case the Eagles should jump on that. But anyway, not, another time to discuss the Eagles. You think they're made of money? <laughs> well, look, I mean, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I've been to enough games to see how much money they move. Not moved. the Phillies. They're not the Phillies. Well, the Phillies need to spend some money. Well, okay, never mind. Wrong road. Here's uh, that's Well, that's a, a perfect segue. So speaking of our birds – they're on this week. We got the some playoffs first, this week. The first game, the first slate, and they're underdogs. Oh, it's certain Look, hey, the public is moving the line. It was it opened at minus four or for the Falcons. <laughs> it's now minus three, or is it three and a half? It was uh, minus three I, at one I point. Three. I have adjusted yeah. three. The shame of it is so that the public, the public really likes the Falcons, is what that's telling you. Yeah, we miss him. I miss Carson. Oh, but uh, I mean, get, look, I, I have we haven't really discussed this. Of all the things, well, maybe it's just because I don't talk about a lot of people. Because I, you know, what? Give me, give me your thoughts. What do you think? It's acceptable that we are an underdog at home as the number one seed in the NFC, and technically, you know, I think we're number two in the NFL. I think the Patriots beat us out in that whatever ranking that is. Um, so I mean, overall seating, right? I think technically yeah. overall, I think the Patriots, have, but it doesn't matter. What do you think it's like, do you, did you think it was disrespectful to, to put that as our line? I don't simply because I've watched the Eagles post Wentz and further unbiasedly and just knowing how, we mentioned it with the line moving and what the public does and how markets move. If you put the Eagles, even as, as a half a point favorite, so many people would jump on the Falcons plus a half a point, or even at right. them that it would move to the Falcons to being favorites. Cause Vegas doesn't want to give money away. Yeah, you have to remember no, I understand that. that. I understand that. Um, now, that being said, I did see when this first happened, I, I need the, the specific numbers, but, um, you know, it, it's not necessarily a kiss of death 
being the higher seed with a lower with and an underdog. It's never happened with the one seed. Okay. Um, but it's not the worst thing in the world. The other thing, Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Matt Ryan has a decent record against the Eagles. The Falcons have a terrible record against the Eagles in the playoffs. Um, I think their last matchup being the 2004 NFC Championship game. So at least ride that. Um, the crowd's going to be in it. First playoff game for the Eagles in four years since 2014, the first Chip Kelly year. Um, it's an interesting line, especially at three points now at a field goal. Um, obviously, that's how the Eagles lost their last playoff game. Uh, they just didn't get the. They couldn't get Drew Brees off the field. Right. Um, you know, I, to answer your question though, is it disrespectful? Um, I mean, let it motivate you. Then, I mean, Lane Johnson came out and said it today. We're not the Browns. Right. Stop treating us that way. Since Carson got hurt, um, you know, if they disrespect you, then just use it. That's what the Patriots basically trick themselves into doing every week, even though they've been incredible for seventeen years. And Alabama does it every single year, and we've already talked about them. Just <laughs> right, I, I'm with you there. Motivation is what I say. Yeah, I, I'm could not be more with you there. I, I, how is it disrespectful? If you look at pure football, yeah, I yeah. think I think they they from what they showed last week and having their quarterback, they should be the favorites. Nothing wrong with Absolutely. that. It's a Vegas line. It doesn't mean that they're not going. What are like? What are your keys for the Eagles in this game? Give me your two keys. Uh, that you think is going to lead us to a victory? All right, two keys. Uh, basically, if I really want to be the contrarian, are the secondary needs to play well because they okay. play like shit. Right. And Nick Foles needs to just be somewhat okay. It's probably the best I can say because he's okay. been shit. He's looked terrible, and they've gone two and one, except for the Giants. The Giants, he looked fine. Um, he looked terrible against the Raiders. Looked terrible against the Cowboys, and he he only played a quarter, but still, um, those would be my top two: the running backs and the front seven. Being, you know, if they just if it's business as usual for them, they'll keep it close. That's why I still think the three point line is is fair and a good number. Okay. Um, for the for the secondary though, it's containing Julio Jones, uh, especially if they really are dependent on the passing game, which it probably can be, considering where that running game can go one way or the other. Um, for Atlanta, I mean, um, the Eagles running backs though, if they can get it going early, you know, it, it could open things up for for Foles and maybe take some pressure off him. So. Um, I know you asked for two. Those are four. Uh, if, I had okay. to rank, if I had to rank them, I'd probably say slow down Atlanta's run game and get yours established first. But I think it's more important of the first two I brought up. Go secondary, Foles, our running game, contain their running game. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I think they're all great points. I would say that, the, the, that my three keys – score early yeah. you need to score a touchdown whether it's the first or second drive of the game uh some kind of this defense the Falcons defense probably isn't going to give you a lot big play wise so you're going to need to use i look at the i take the tape out of the first drive of the cowboys game we ended in a very poor tory smith drop but 
the key with that drive was a a West Coast style, you know, hit a couple quick passes, make a couple good runs, and just move up the field. So they score an early touchdown to set the tone. We say this all the time. If you we need Fletcher Cox and Timmy Jernigan and then Brandon Graham on third down to bring inside pressure. Because if you can bring inside pressure, you get Matt Ryan to have to move off his spot. He he's a, not that he's not athletic, but he's better at moving around the pocket than out of the pocket. So get him, you gotta bring the inside pressure, flush him out. That takes away Julio Jones because now you've got Ryan scrambling. That to me and then I think the one other thing I would say, and it's probably you know, almost underrated, but we need to make a couple special teams plays. Whether it's a long field goal, great punt coverage, or a great punt or kickoff return, that's the the, to me. This is what that game's going to come down to. So I I think a lot of this falls on your two big boys in the middle, a quick touchdown, and then special teams. I I, to me that wins you the game because if you get in, you get pressure from the inside. There's not maybe other than Russell Wilson, nobody else is going to be able to stop pressure up the middle. So. He was an all-pro, Fletcher Cox. He's to come prepared to be an all-pro at home and really show us um, what he's made of here. So excited to see that for sure. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be exciting. That's f- absolutely for sure. Um, in a way, it's kind of nice that it's the first game of the weekend because um, I can just get it out, like the Band-Aid, pull it off one way or the other. You just want to know. Um, prolong it. Who is the Sunday afternoon game? Holy shit. But I, oh my God, Saints I wouldn't be Vikings. able to enjoy the Saints Vikings. game. Oh, sorry. Go no, on. I said if the Eagles were, yeah, if you flip oh, off the two yeah, games, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. Got I wouldn't you. be able to enjoy the Saints Vikings or any of the AFC games, even though I think Saints Vikings is by far the best game on the schedule. Um, but oh my God, the, the birds are going I said it last week. I get a heart attack every single time they've been playing all year. And that's before Carson got hurt. It's only right. gotten worse since the injury. Uh, and it's going to be at its worst this weekend. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's definitely going to be, I'm going to spend a lot of time being upset, concerned the whole nine yards. Oh yeah. No doubt. Um, yep. So, so what do you, what do you, who you, what do you, are you taking them or not? What's your pick? Mm-hmm. Oh God! Oh, I feel like it should be like the Herb Street on College Game Day. We can't pick them because we're too invested. Okay, that, uh, no, that, that, look, that's fine. Uh, no, no, no. You know what? Don't don't tell me anything. We're not going to pick for against our team. Let's just jump to the next game. Yep. Okay. Titans visiting the Patriots. Weather forecast for that game: eight fifteen start, uh, fifty six degrees, and it looks like rainy. New England's, third, New England's a 13 and a half point favorite in the playoffs. I know how good they are, and I know how bad the Titans are supposed to be. That's a huge line to take in a playoff game. Now, apparently the Titans are saying that they don't got that Brady doesn't have anything. They're gonna come. They're bringing it, which to me is a horrible idea. Why you would ever say that Tom Brady, you know, is over or underrated. Um but what do you think? I mean, do you have a do you really feel like they're just going to blow them out or Yeah, so on paper it looks like they should. DeMarco right. Murray's not playing, although I think they're better without him. I think Derek we talked about this before, but I think Derrick Henry's is the running back of the future. I think he's better, he's a little more dynamic. Um 
Marcus Mariota, though, against that defense, and to quote our our good buddy Greg, Greg the Prophet Piatelli, they don't blitz in the preseason. They let that ha- they let that build up throughout the season, and we've seen that defense for New England get more and more dynamic. Um, even if Matt Patricia is leaving, he's got a job to do. Do your job, Bill Belichick. And I think, I mean, I think they can really contain him. Uh, he really, I mean, he got a couple of his guys involved last week, um, most notably being himself uh, with the p- touchdown pass to himself. Uh, but Eric Decker got involved a little bit with three three catches and a touchdown. Um, it, because, and that's kind of been their their mo though with Tennessee. It's one of their numerous receivers has a great game and everybody else does nothing, whether it's Delaney Walker, whether it's Eric Decker, whether it's anybody else on that team, there's only one guy. It's not even, that's the favorite target that just does well. Um, So, I mean, I think the Patriots get it done at 13 and a half. I think two touchdowns is just about right. Uh, But with the rain, don't count them out or don't count out the line. I think the Patriots right. win easily, but yeah, the cover the is another story with the rain. Right. Well, I think a couple of things. I think people are forgetting that the Patriots will be getting a fully, well, it looks like a fully healthy. Um, Chris Hogan will be back. Uh, Dion Lewis, James yep. White. Um, who am I forgetting? Dion Lewis, James White, Rex Burkhead, Mike Gilsley, whether he's active or not, all appear that they'll be coming back healthy. So this will be the healthiest that offense has been in quite some time. You just need Deion Lewis, though, to be honest. Like, well, right. No, but he's fit. Yeah, but here's the difference. So they use the other two. They use those three, the three patch kicking backs, all over the field. And so when that's you get, true. You get yeah. Hogan and Cooks and Gronk, and then a combination of the other three on the field. That's a lot of dangerous weapons that you're tossing around. The like Burkhead and Lewis and White can pretty much line up as a receiver at this point. They're that talented. So. They're going to be coming at the Titans with a lot of different stuff. I I, I don't know if they can – 13 and a half in the playoffs is a lot. And the Titans could obviously beat the Chiefs and at home. That's I know the thing. It's the playoffs, so you don't want to right. – So to me, I like the Titans to cover but lose in this game. I think the Patriots win. I don't think it's a barn burner at the end, but I think it's by like 10 points or 9 points. or a it's a bad beat or do you think it's just that it stays around a 10 it's point? Just stays out of out of ten. It's just it's a playoff game. So I just think yeah. it stays around that. Could I see the Patriots blowing them out? Absolutely. But I think I, if I was putting money on it, I'd say that – We had that last year – where the Patriots were like, it was the same thing. They were what, like 17 point favorites over the Texans, and they did cover. Right. Which like, is amazing. For they that, know that how to get it favorite. done in the playoffs. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to stay with them covering it just because they really get this shit done. Uh, but picking them plus 13 is not a bad pick. Is not a bad, or the Titans plus 13. No, I, I, I think, yeah, this is definitely, definitely go either way, though. Yeah, but we stay in the AFC moving to Sunday, 1 o'clock game. The Jaguars playing the Pittsburgh Steelers returning to the scene of the crime. Where, what, is, what a crime that what was. Was it week six? That so. Big Ben threw five picks against this great Jacksonville defense, uh, but an offense that really – really did not show up last week against the Buffalo Bills. Um, so 
I think with Pittsburgh coming in as a seven and a half point favorite, I think that's pretty, pretty good. Um, especially because you've seen since then the emergence of Juju Smith Schuster. You've seen the one thing is Antonio Brown. He has been practicing and should be healthy. Um, without right. even without him, they've done pretty well. It's Juju. Um, Jesse James has had has had a pretty great year. Shout out to JSB, our boy, who called <laughs> him a year early yeah. in a non-keeper fantasy league, but his guy from his high school, um, great tight end for them. Um, I just think, too, Blake Bortles didn't have a good first start in the playoffs, and I think going back up, especially to Pittsburgh, it's uh, that's tough to do. I think seven and a half is a good line. I think... Pittsburgh wins by about 10. I I like that as well. Um, yeah. I just think the ja- I just think the Jaguars don't have enough on offense. I think it's a brutal game. 21 degrees yeah, in Field. A lot of fun. lot of yeah. Um I don't we don't know Antonio Brown how what he's gonna look like. Exactly. Um, if he's playing. I mean that that's all up in the air. So I like them to cover. I like that 10 point as well. I can't go away from that. Um, yeah. Just don't think there's enough this year for the Jaguars. They're definitely a no. team. I think this is the kind of thing where the, this is two stars are flying through the air, and the Steelers star is going down. The the Jaguars star is going up, but they haven't met yet. Um, no. this, but the problem with this game is these Jags will probably beat up Big Ben to the extent where next week against the Patriots is going to be a tough turnaround for this team. I think. I think it's going to cause a problem. That's a really good future. point. Yeah, yeah. Um, Clayus Campbell can only, and as big as big as Big Ben is, he can only get hit so many times at his age. Right. So, interested to see how he holds up in this game. Um, but they just have a little bit too much offensively and just enough defensively, I think, to quiet to quiet the Jags down. But it's going to be a good game. I like the ten point game. I like I like it as like a late touchdown to get him up by ten, and then Blake Bortles just doesn't have enough time to do anything, kind of deal. So that's what I okay. would. That's my my choice there. Which I think leads us into, in terms of star power. Well, it's, it's weird because this, you know, do you, is Case Keenum a star? But I think at this point, not a star, but he's definitely a pretty good player. The Saints Vikings game in a dome. I know it's in Minneapolis, but in a dome at four forty on Sunday. That's going to be a really fun matchup. Yeah. Um, Minnesota still opens up as a favorite, four and a half points. I think that's a lot for Minnesota. Yeah. Seeing what I saw from from the Saints, I mean, I, I think I when I watched the Saints play the Panthers, the Panthers just said you can't run it on us. So Ingram and, and Kamara struggled in the run game, and Drew Brees is still Drew Brees, and he tore it up. So the Vikings have a better defense than the Carolina Panthers, not by a lot, but a better defense. Definitely a couple better corners, but and a better. I mean, they're better in the secondary, but still. The Saints don't have – they have two elite running backs and an elite wide receiver and one of the most underrated players in the league, Michael Thomas, who I watched play and thought was spectacular. Yep. And a pretty good speed burner in, uh, in Ted Kidd Jr. I think this is going to be a tough game for both teams. I like I like the Saints in this game. I just think this is their I year. I do too. So yeah. I'm going to take them to beat, to beat the Vikings. I am too. I'm taking them out right. Um, I agree with you. You hit the nail right on the head. I think – and we've talked about this at length a number of times, but the two awesome running backs they have that just brings completely different skill sets that complement each other so well 
and Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, I think open it wide up for Drew Brees and good call on Ted Ginn Jr. He had a good game last week against Carolina with a touchdown. Um, I think he could do well. He's been very inconsistent throughout the year, but I think that helps it out for Michael Thomas. He does incredibly well this week. This week, um, And, you know, if I was New Orleans, I'd just basically squat your claim uh, for the Super Bowl. Just get, you know, maybe just tell your Airbnb to hold, <laughs> hold down the fort for you. Because um, I think, I mean, the crazy thing is, is that they were four and four on the road throughout this year. So that means they were seven and one in the Superdome. Obviously, if this all works out, we'll talk about it next week. Um, but go. I think you're right, though, and, and a quick um, just kind of a, a side. Uh, I read an article on ESPN that was kind of every team's best, you know, cl- the, t- you know, ranking one through eight, the clearest path to the Super Bowl, and how what can help it make it clearer for you. And aside from the Patriots, six of the seven were the Titans beat their, I guess, five of the five of the six. Uh, the Titans beat the Patriots. Obviously, the Titans would need to to win. Um right. But the Titans, the Titans, and the Saints' answer is that the Jaguars beat the Steelers. Surprisingly, for the Patriots, it wasn't. I think it was that the Vikings beat the Saints. Okay, uh, which just tells you kind of where the Saints. I think were number two behind. I forget forget the exact order, but it just kind of tells you where everybody thinks of both the obviously the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Saints. Kind of as your three teams looking into it, um, which, uh, you know, it's no surprise in the AFC. It might be a bad omen that the Saints right. are, were crowning him too early. Uh, but, you know, that's why you play the game. That's why, exactly. uh, you know, that's why you show up on any given weekend day. I can't say Sunday because we have football on some Saturday this week. I don't know what accent <laughs> that was. But, Sorry. Um, yeah. You know, but I'm excited for it. Go Birds. Um, I think we have a couple minutes before we got to wrap it up. So I know we talked Sixers last week. I want to get your thoughts. I wrote my Eastern Conference kind of recap of the first half last night. Go check it out, thunderballexports.com if you haven't. Um, But, Matt, I want to get your thoughts on the Flyers before we wrap things up here. Yeah, I mean, they start out hot, and everyone's like, wow, this team looks real. I'm sure people know this a lot, but they start out hot. This team is locked in. They're for real. And then – they took that big 10-game swoon. It's a 10 non-wins. Didn't mean they get points, but but non-ribs, ri- wins, excuse me. Blah, blah, blah. Well, there were losses. I mean, well, some were overtime were, losses. Some were overtime losses. Others were yeah. losses. But I'm saying they did, they, it wasn't 10 pure losses because overtime losses are still a point. I know yeah, much exactly. to, your, to your chagrin. Then they kind of got back on a hot streak. They're just doing what they – this is the problem with this team, and I, I haven't been able to fully figure it out. They just played whatever the competition is. Yep. Um, so, I mean, That's I, the perfect I, way to put it. Right. I went down and saw them play the Islanders in a thrilling 5-4 victory. Yep. They just got thumped by the Pittsburgh, which was one of the worst games of the year. They yep. come back and look like a high-powered octane offense. Um, as we expected, their defense is taking lumps. Yep. But they're a point out of a wild card spot. Yep. One point. Um, yep. With two games in hand, by the way, to Pittsburgh. Not too bad. Their goal differential is their positive one goal differential. Um, by the way, Pittsburgh's negative twelve. That's Pittsburgh's been Pittsburgh's been. I, I didn't mention this in the blog post. 
they've been terrible on right. the road and they had a lot of blowout losses at the beginning of the year. So the goal differential is a little, I guess, deflated yeah. because of, or a little inflated from the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, I guess deflated cause it's negative, but um, yeah. the, on, on the road, the flyers game, notwithstanding they can be suspect. A lot of teams in the NHL have been this way this year. Uh, home ice advantage has been more important than ever. Um, you hit the nail on the head though. The, they've played up and down to the competition. One game you did not mention that we've talked about before. Uh, they beat Tampa Bay in Tampa, which is huge. Tampa Bay yeah. has lost a total of 10 games. I think they're, they've lost they're eight right. regular regulation and two in overtime or shootout. Um, a couple other things. You By the way, that was after a 3-2 loss to Florida. Yep. Uh, they, they, they come up with a three-game losing streak to beat Tampa Bay. Like, yep. This is what I get confused about uh, with this. A couple other things to note. You mentioned the games in hand. They also, all of their wins are not in a shootout, which my hatred of shootouts aside is important for tie-breaking standards. It's the next one outside of games played, hence games in hand being important. Right. Um, and obviously points. Um, so the fact that the Islanders have three games that were one in a shootout reduces their row regulation plus overtime wins. Um, the hurricanes is one I mentioned in the blog post. I think they're basically pushing up on their ceiling. Um, just really the, the kind of the thing for the flyers, they're very young. They kind of need to just get consistent. We need to see the full extent of Haxtell's young development. That's why Hextall uh, hired him. So we need to see that. Um, but I mean, a couple things to be excited about with their youth, the fact that there's a ton of prospects still in the pipeline, right. both in the AHL, in the ECHL, as well as even younger than that. Big shout out to Carter Hart, the player of the game in the gold medal game of the world junior championships for team Canada. Uh, he's a goalie. So the goalie situations looked better. Uh, now that Neuvers back, I said that in my post that, uh, I think Brian Elliott just playing every day, a little tough to have him there. Yeah. That's not necessarily um, fair. Not, not two guys particularly of his age. Yeah. Yeah. They're both one. They're both basically one, a starters. They're not yep. full fledged starters. Uh, that's always been the flyers issue, but you know, I, I, it can be very optimistic. It's tough to see them getting into or out of the wild card if they were to make the playoffs. Uh, the best thing for them, though, might be to go play Tampa Bay and roll your di- roll the dice there because the, the other division isn't that good. Right. Um, I mean, Boston- I, I, it's kind of a – this is uh, – we've talked about this. I I hate this divisional setup because yeah. we're, getting, we're getting screwed here. I yeah. mean, we are technically – Third to last in our conference yeah. in our division, and yet we're two out of a wild. We would be easily in the playoffs in the Atlantic. Well, they're the they're the ten. Yeah, we oh well, we wouldn't be. We'd still be behind the the oh, it's Maple top Leafs. Three. It's top three. I'm sorry, yeah, it's top still, three. It's not it's not top four, which is what it it's what it was in the 70s right. and 80s. That's kind of, that's why they did this when they when they decided to change it up it was to give yeah. a nod to it. Um, which I think they and probably for the reasoning for giving Florida and Tampa Bay to the Atlantic was to maybe even it out, but we really haven't seen it. Detroit really fell apart mm-hmm. uh, pretty much as soon as they moved in there. Boston's been up and down. They've made the playoffs a number of times. Ottawa 
I don't know what the hell happened to them. Same with Montreal. Yeah. Um, We're right there. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, they should be right there. Points wise, they look like they are in the standings. Points wise, they're far out of it. The Flyers are right there, despite being in seventh place of eight in their division. Right, right. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what happens if they do indeed the NHL now it does indeed well, expand to thirty-two. If it goes eight, yeah. eight, 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 um, or if they just decide to bring it back to sixteen, you know, one through sixteen and seed them that way. Quadros, Quadros, second in points. Tied for second with a lot of people, but very impressive there. Sean Couturier's top five in goals. Um, so Orchek the offense, is up there in assists. He is. Ghost is having a huge bounce well, I was back gonna here. Say, to me, it's 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 Ghost and Provorov that to me show that we have a shot at the playoffs this year. Yeah, Provorov um, is at the points, but he's playing out of his mind. He's just he doesn't do anything wrong. It, it just he just makes veteran plays yeah. as a second year guy, basically. So, and we really haven't seen yeah. anything explosive out of Nolan Patrick, Young, or Travis Konecki. Well, yes. I, I, so when I watched that Islanders game, I saw Konecki. just does a lot of things, little things. He's like he's he's kind of a gnat yeah. to better bigger players. He want to fight when I was at the game, but he doesn't have. He hasn't fully under, he hasn't fully seen that scoring and, and point touch yet. Um, Nolan Patrick yeah. looks a little more invisible right now, but. Rookie coming off an injury, I think he's still kind of finding his footing. Um, but I, I got to tell you, I don't know if we need to make a move. I would prefer we don't. Just let it happen. Wow. You know, this is supposed to be kind of a rebuilding year, so that's where I am with him. But, I mean, it's going to be exciting, and, and they're fun to watch right now. Very creative, more so than we've seen in recent years. So pretty fired up for that one. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um Obviously, we'll be right there uh, between my tickets and the number of games you also get to go to. Um, we'll certainly be covering that. Make sure to follow us on our social media. Check it out with both that, our basketball coverage, obviously the playoffs. Um, but that'll do it for us this week. Uh, again, go follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports is the Facebook and Instagram handles, ThunderblogSports.com, of course, the website. Matty thank you as always. I know no you're going to be going skiing next week, so we will not be with you. Um, working on Greg for, for it, but stay tuned on that. Enjoy my your trip, my friend. I almost said my trip, but it's all right. I'm going to be stuck here in, uh, in Philly. <laughs> That's right. I'm sure we'll be too back for you here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe we can all live vicariously through you. That's, Who knows? Yeah, every, most people do have to. They don't have a choice, so. Well, that's true. You know, not, not everybody can be the fake Maddie D. It's, okay. All right. But, well, uh, you know, we're, we better end this quick. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? All right. Well, before Matt kills me, that's going to kill it for us. For my buddy, Matt Stefano, I am the G-Man. Have a good night, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Go, Birds. <laughs>